Breaking Down Wisconsin Basketball. This is The Swing with Zach Heilprin and Jesse Temple on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yes, welcome into The Swing here on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I'm Zach Heilprin. He's the Athletics Jesse Temple. And we are back for another season of The Swing. I believe this is what? Is this year four or five? This is season five, my man. So oh. we're, we're fifth year seniors, which is uh, we're super seniors coming into this thing hot. We're st- well, the pandemic year didn't count. So we are we, I believe we have another year of eligibility after this. Um, but yes, the it is year five of the swing. And kind of like when we started this, Jesse, we started it when there was like essentially a new era at Wisconsin with all those other guys leaving. We started the year after Nigel Hayes and. Zach Showalter and uh, Bronson Koenig and all those guys left, and it was kind of like a, a brand new roster and so many new guys, and it was we, we were going to grow along with the team, and we did, and now they're back to that. So much youth on this team as uh, they started practice about three weeks ago, and uh, we'll play a game about three weeks from now, but you look at that roster, and there's just a ton of youth. Obviously, Brad Davison comes back for his fifth year. He's a super senior. Johnny Davis, Tyler Wall, and then there, there's, I mean, there's some experience that came from other places and Jacoby Neath and Chris Voigt. But other than that, a very, very young roster that Wisconsin is dealing with this year. I think it makes it pretty exciting uh, in a lot of ways, just because well, for starters, the, the expectations coming in are, are low. I think they're picked 10th in the Big Ten coming into this season, but that means there's a lot of opportunity for growth. There are a lot of questions that we don't know the answers to yet. And I think these guys are going to be able to develop together. And I know there's a lot of energy for these guys to get going. You look at the roster overall, 12 of the 17 guys are first or second year players. Um, That's insane. (laughs) You're going to be seeing a bunch of guys that you haven't seen before, or certainly haven't seen much of. And then also you mentioned the transfers that they have coming in. So it's, other than the three guys that were part of the regular rotation last year, it's an entirely different makeup. The expectations you, you mentioned outside are different, but it sounds like inside they are not. I mean, this is a team that's been as successful as any team in the Big Ten since Bo Ryan showed up in 2001. And even though the, there are a ton of new faces and there's not a whole lot expected of them, uh, they're picked, they got picked to finish 10th in the Big Ten, which I think is the, I can't remember the last time that's happened. There are still expectations within the locker room, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I absolutely would. And I think what Wisconsin was able to do with this transfer portal, to me, makes it feel like less of a full-on rebuild. Uh, You've got some veteran guys with Jacoby Neath and Chris Vogt who are going to fill key roles. And you're going to be banking on the the Tyler Walls, the Johnny Davises, the Brad Davisons, and hoping that one of those well, more than one of those young players can come in and 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 play. And I don't know what that means in terms of the the final win loss record, but I think they did enough uh, to rebuild this roster to make it, yeah, exactly as you said, the expectations that they're going to be competitive and and try to give themselves an opportunity to make the NCAA tournament when you get to, to March. Yes, and I didn't mention this earlier in the show, but uh, coming up a little bit later, going to be chatting with uh, current Wisconsin assistant coach Sharif Chambliss. He's the new addition to that uh, assistant coach room. Orlando Tucker, uh, no longer around uh, right now. So, yeah. But I wanted to get into, uh, the, I think, the position that a lot of people are looking at and are interested in because, obviously, Demetri Trice is gone. Uh, his backup at point guard last year, Trevor Anderson, is gone. And in steps uh, a couple of freshmen, I think, that are going to end up being the guys back there, and that is 
Chucky Hepburn out of Nebraska and Lauren Bowman out of Michigan. Now they were not supposed to be in the same class, but essentially are because uh, Lauren dealt with a family situation was on campus for what, about two months, two and a half months last year, and then went back to Detroit and, and really didn't play at all. Or I should say didn't play any competitive basketball uh, while he was back there. And then, uh, you know, and Chucky obviously was a fantastic player at Nebraska, in Nebraska, and now he's here as well. And those two guys, I think, is going to be the situation. I don't want to say they're, they're going to make the season go or not, but I think a lot of people were looking at that red-white scrimmage and seeing some of the issues without a true point guard on the, on the floor. And those two guys didn't practice because they were dealing with uh, an upper body injury and a lower body injury. I don't m- remember which one for which guy, but those two guys are going to, I don't want to say make or break this season, but I think it's going to be a huge impact on whether they uh, have success or not. Yeah, there's no question. Chucky had the upper body injury. Lauren has a lower body injury. And thank you. Uh, one of the school officials told me that they're, they're classified as minor day-to-day injuries. So obviously we have some time here before we get to the opener, but there's no question <laughs> the importance of point guard play in general. And you look at the makeup of the roster and they are going to need contributions from guys who haven't uh, haven't been in those roles yet at Wisconsin. With with Chucky, I, I really think Chucky is has the opportunity for a breakout freshman season. I, I talked to Greg Gard a few weeks ago for a, a lengthy piece on The Athletic uh, highlighting just the entire team. He went through everybody on the roster and I asked him, was did he think Chucky was physically ready to compete for a role at point guard this season? And Greg said, yes. And then he said, is that clear enough? (laughs) Um, And and, I mean, obviously he he has said multiple times that he doesn't want to put too much on Chucky, but he was one of those guys in the eight weeks of summer workouts before they even started practice that Greg said, produced the the highest volume of head turning moments. Um, And I just wrote a story about Chucky for this week. I think, you talk to anybody, the first words that are used to describe him are pass first point guard. He says that about himself. Dean Oliver, the assistant coach, said that it's like he's got eyes in the back of his head sometimes. So to me, it's almost a kind of the, the perfect guy to step in because he can set his teammates up for success. He's an excellent ball handler. He does all of the little things. And defensively, he, Badgers fans are going to love this guy because he picks people up full court. Um, He gets in your shorts, as Tyler Wall said, and he's not afraid. The big thing with him that Greg has said is you got to learn what you can get away with and what you can't as a freshman. Some of the stuff you could do when you are a known name in Nebraska, you can't do and you don't want to get him into foul trouble. But I think he's going to be he's going to have a very big role for the team this season. And I also think just because he's described as a pass first point guard doesn't mean he can't score. Um, I go back to a game from his senior year last season. They were uh, they were playing Omaha Creighton Prep, and they were down by 11 points. And there was a fan in the stands for Creighton Prep who yelled, "Chucky can't shoot!" And then Chucky promptly made three straight three pointers and scored 20 of his team's last 36 points to win the game. So I think he's got a really nice all around game. Yeah, I believe he shot over 50 percent uh, from the field and was 37 percent from three uh, his senior year, which I believe were career highs. Correct. Yeah. I mean, last year from a, a statistical perspective, it was the best year that he had, but his, his per game number were also at a, an all-time high. So he can do a little bit of everything for you. And when, when it comes to Lauren, he's one of the most interesting guys on the team to me because of his story, because we don't know exactly what to expect from him. Obviously, last year, he was one of the highly touted members of that 2020 recruiting class. And he was only on campus for two and a half months. When summer workouts ended, he returned home and he stayed there to deal with 
a family issue, and then he ultimately withdrew from school during the fall. Well, he re-enrolled in the spring, took classes online from his home in Detroit, and things at home um, became better to allow him to come back. But Greg, just as he says he doesn't want to put too much on Chucky, I think it's even more so with Lauren, because he's, he's repeatedly said when he's talked to Lauren and talked to us, by the time Wisconsin opens its season, he will, Lauren will have not played a, a game in 20 months. Um, and I think it took a while to knock the rust off just talking to these guys. When he, when he got back with the team in the summer, in June and July, he was a little slower, wasn't as physically ready. But it's starting to come around for him. And I think if he can be the player that, that Wisconsin saw in recruiting, which is something Greg said, that only recently, the first eight or nine practices, uh, he was starting to look like that guy that he can, he can make some inroads. But if you're a fan, you're, you're going to be excited about what you see, and you're also going to have to live with uh, a bunch of mistakes. It doesn't happen overnight, especially for a freshman point guard in this league. Well, that's my, my question. I mean, uh, you look at what Demetri Trice was able to do. He was a certain type of point guard. He was, I would not call him a, would you call him a pass first point guard? I wouldn't necessarily yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> because he was willing to step up and, and take right. those big shots. Yep. And they're going to, they're obviously going to need to find someone. I think Brad is more than capable of knocking down those shots. And Johnny Davis is certainly going to be a part of that. And, and maybe even Tyler wall, but the ball is going to be in the hands of one of these two guys a lot. And that, again, as I said, not make or break, but has a really good chance of doing that. But I'll, here's the other thing w- with those two. Do they give Wisconsin a little bit something different than what Dimitri brought to the table in terms of not just being able to get your own shot, being able to get to the rim and finish? Like if, it, it, Meech was better to, uh, as it uh, last year than he was earlier in his career, but I, I feel like they just haven't had that guy that's going to be able to break somebody down, get inside, and finish. Uh, Meech was able to get inside, wasn't always able to finish at the rim. It's a little early to say exactly what these guys are going to be, but when we talk about Chucky as a pass-first guy, Lauren is described as, I mean, he he can score. His mid-range game from everybody you talk to is, is outstanding. It's something that he was able to dominate with in high school. Um, and I think, yeah, both these guys are capable of, of breaking defenders down off the dribble. <laughs> I, I don't know exactly what to expect from them. Again, didn't have an opportunity to see him in that red-white scrimmage. They've got you know, those, those annual closed door scrimmages. And then there's an exhibition game against the division three school, but they certainly have the skill set. I think that can complement each other if they're both at both asked to play significant minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be one of those things that everyone's going to be watching because <laughs> there are two of the more, uh, I want to say, would you say hyped recruits in terms of guards, like coming in here? I mean, I just because of what Demetric was as a point guard, and I thought he was a very good player. I think people are looking for something a little bit different than, than what he offered. And so I, I, that's why I think it's exciting to see what either one of those guys could potentially bring to the table. As good as, as, good as Demetric was, especially shooting the ball from the outside at times, I feel like this is just going to look a little bit different. Yeah, I, I certainly think so. And, you know, I, I get more eager to see what these guys can do when you, you hear Greg talk about it, specifically with Chucky. One of the things Greg said at the local media day was that, he thinks Chucky brings a vision and a feel as a point guard to the team that they've had a few guys around here in the 20 years that he's been here that have had that same type of feel. Um, like who, who would you, who would you, who would you say those guys are? I'm thinking I mean, Jordan I, I, Taylor, Jordan yes. Taylor, I guess comes to mind, but Jordan it's like, Taylor, uh, probably Devin Harris trying to think of some other guys, like uh, maybe even Bronson to an extent. 
but these guys are different than than Bronson and, and different than Dimitrik. I, I feel like they're I feel like they're more like Jordan Taylor than they are those other two guys. Yeah, and and my point is just that the way Greg is talking about Chucky makes it seem like this dude has a chance to be really special really early. And even though every time Greg says he wants to temper the praise and the expectations, he's also putting it out there that Chucky's doing some things that are, are catching the eye of everybody very early. So that's what kind of adds to the intrigue um, in terms of what he can do. And, and with Lorne, to me, it's just a matter of how long does it take him to get back to the level that he was at before? Because you're right, he was... He was the first guy to commit in that 2020 class. He really helped to spearhead uh, what became one of the better recruiting classes they've had with obviously Johnny Davis was a part of that class. Um, And so I just, I think it it seems as though very recently things have started to pick up where he's playing at a quicker pace and he's understanding things. And physically it seems as though he transformed himself in the last couple of months. So I I think, yeah, it's going to be very exciting with those two guys. All right, let's get into some, Fill in the blank here, Jesse. The player I'm most interested to see in game action is. So I know there's a few of these categories and I'm going to try not to answer with the same guy. So for this question, I'm going to go with Jacoby Neath. Uh, He's the guy who transferred from Wake Forest, obviously spent two years there. I really want to know what he looks like as a Wisconsin Badger. Where does he play? Uh, I talked to him at media day and he says he can basically play any of the guard positions, one, two, or three. And there's even been situations where if they go super small, he's at the four. And Greg said that he was one of those guys because of this weird pandemic year that they could not see in person during the recruiting process. So it was like zoom. It was looking at film, talking to coaches and he compared it to shopping for a car on Auto Trader that you really don't know what you get until you see it in person. And he said Jacoby was way better than what they thought they were getting. Um, I'm really curious to see what that means. So that's why I'm going with him. I think what he did last year is not a reflection of how good he can be. Wake Forest dealt with COVID problems. He got COVID. He missed a ton of time. He wasn't physically ready when he came back and so didn't shoot very well. I think he can be a really good addition for Wisconsin. The player with the most pressure on them this season is? Well, I think it can be a few different guys. Um, Obviously, Johnny Davis is the one that... There's only room for one there. (laughs) I know. I think Johnny Davis is somebody that you could say because it's supposed to be his team, but I'm going to save him for a later answer. I'm going to go Chucky Hepburn, assuming that he is the guy at point guard, just because that is such a tough role to handle as a true freshman. And I just wonder what, what other options they're going to have if, if he does struggle. Um, don't know that that's going to be the case. Jacoby said he had seen no early slip-ups from Chucky, even for coming in uh, with the expectations that he has. But I'm going to go with Chucky. I think there's, there's a lot of pressure for any point guard, let alone one who was in high school last year. The player that will surprise fans this season is... I want to go with one of the young guys just because we don't know what to expect from a lot of them. Um, Steven Crowell, I think, I mean, maybe, maybe it won't be a surprise, but he didn't play a ton last year. Obviously their, their front court was senior laden. They've talked, the coaches have talked a lot about how good he's been. And when I was talking to Greg, he mentioned what a great 
passer he is for a big man that when they were preparing in the NCAA tournament for North Carolina, they were trying to trap Steven. And he said that he basically picked him apart. And it said a lot about how he doesn't get rattled in those types of moments. I think they liked him when they first got him last year. Like they thought he was ahead of, of the curve a bit. And obviously just there weren't very many minutes to go around. So I think he's going to have a big role and I think he's going to do some really good things as a second year player. Do you think he's physically ready to play in the big 10? Well, he better be. (laughs) Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I think he's going to have to be, I mean, obviously that's why they brought Chris vote in, but they also brought Chris in to mentor a guy like Steven. So it's a, to be determined, but they're going to, they're going to need him. So it also may be a situation where maybe he has to play more than, than they would want just because of, of the options that they have in the front court. I, I don't know, but I, I do think that he can surprise some people this year just based on how little he played a year ago. Could Marcus Over be also in that category? Yeah, that I was going back and forth like Matthew Moores, Marcus Ilver, some of the true freshman forwards who can, who can do uh, some different things. I, I don't know what the rotation is going to look like, but Greg is probably, I would imagine early in the season, going to play a bunch of different guys just to see how they fit in. Marcus is a great shooter, has that international background. Matthew has been <laughs> dominating the high school ranks since seventh grade, but he's, he's big and physical. That's another thing Greg said about him. Like he's kind of a man for being a freshman six, nine, I think, and, and can score in a number of different ways. Uh, either one of those guys certainly could be on that list as well. The player the Badgers can least afford to lose is. Well, it's Johnny Davis. <laughs> like I said, I could have, I could have said Johnny for another answer, but I saved it. The expectations are very, very high for Johnny. He, the way Greg talks about it and the, and the other coaches as well, that when he went and, and participated with the team USA under 19 team, they won a gold medal. He came back and Greg said he was a completely different player afterward, which is kind of a scary thought, just the swagger and the confidence. And I talked to Johnny in this summer. One of the things that he said was my favorite quote from him. He said, not to brag or anything, but I have a feeling that I'm going to be that guy for the team this year. And I'm going to have to bring these guys with me if we want to win some games and make a run in the tournament. So he understands what his role is going to be. I thought he, he had a, a very good freshman season, but it's almost, this is Brad's team, Brad Davison, because of how long he's been here because of his leadership. But to me, this is on the floor in terms of what you need done. Johnny's team, <laughs> which says a lot for a second year player. Do you really think it is Brad's team? I know that Greg said that uh, he's kind of, taking a step back in terms of being a leader, kind of allowing Tyler and Johnny to kind of step up in that, into that void. Like if this is Brad's team, I, I'm that's not, I don't think that's a good thing. This needs to be, well, Johnny, this needs to be Johnny Davis's team and Tyler. I, I, I mean it from the sense of the, the leadership and the guy that you look to in those moments, um, like Brad has been around the block. But what I also said was like, it, when you need, when you need plays made on the floor, it's, it's Johnny's team. So um, it can be their team in different ways, but you're right. That's something that Brad has, has tried to do here early is uh, to help Tyler and, and, and Johnny understand that they're going to take on more of a leadership role. Those guys want to have those roles. And, and I think Brad is a great guy to learn from in, in that area. So uh, I, I think it can be both those guys' teams in different ways. But yeah, I mean, I, I, it's Johnny's team when, when it's, it's go time on the floor, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get into our interview with Sharif Chambos. He uh, spent a good 15 minutes with us. Here he is. 
And we do bring in a special guest. It is former Wisconsin guard and now current Wisconsin assistant coach, Sharif Chambliss. Sharif, how's it going? It's going well. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Uh, you've been on the job now for about, about four months. About four months. Is Madison feeling like home once again? Madison is definitely feeling like home. We, uh, we finally got into a house. I think once I got my family up here and I wasn't commuting an hour back and forth to Waukesha, it, uh, it definitely started to feel like home. Sharif, what does it mean to be an assistant coach at a school where you once played at for a coach and Greg Gard, who you know so well? It means a lot to me. Um, obviously, growing up and watching the Big Ten, watching guys like Rashard Griffith and um, guys like Michael Finley, Tracy Webster, Mike Kelly, Andy Kowski. I watched those guys growing up and always wanted to play for Wisconsin. Obviously, I, I took a whole different route to get back here to play. Um, and, you know, my coaching career has led me all over. But uh, I'm definitely happy to be back here and, and to be able to uh, help mentor kids and, and help be kids, to, you know, help them get to be a better player um, here at the University of Wisconsin. I think it's a great place. I know it's a great place. Was it an easy decision to come back to Wisconsin this season when, when you saw there was an opening? Did you know this is a place where, where I want to be? I was living in Dayton, Ohio at the time, uh, coaching for Wright State University, which uh, we did a great job down there. Great staff uh, program that's still atop of the league in the horizon. We won four championships in five years. Um, but I would have walked barefoot from Dayton, Ohio to Madison, Wisconsin, if I had to. <laughs> That's that's a great answer. I I was going to ask about how you made it back here. I, I, I'm sure there were stories when it actually happened, but how did you end up back at Wisconsin after going to Penn State for what the first three years of your career there? What um, was that? What was that process like? Did they did you reach out to them? They reach out to you? Like how'd that go? Well, you know, everybody talks about the transfer portal and uh you know how it's not great it, it's it would have been a little easier back in the day you know me being a transfer uh the reason why I went out to Penn State is again like I said I grew up watching Big Ten basketball knew I wanted to play Big Ten basketball um had an opportunity at Penn State we went out there we went to the Sweet 16 my freshman year had a great year uh the next two years uh were successful for me individually but it doesn't matter because we weren't doing anything as a team we weren't very good didn't win a lot of games um the experience was kind of rough, so I decided to transfer. And uh, through that process, uh, Coach Jeter, who we already had a relationship with, um, when he recruited me when he was at Milwaukee, was at Wisconsin. I came up on my spring break, and it was the best spring break I had. I never had another spring break because it was always a Big Ten tournament. But to come up here and sit down with in Coach Ryan's office, I sat down with Coach Guard and Coach Jeter, and they talked about how they were going to make us. They were going to make me a better man, a better coach, a better basketball player. And and, and when I say coach, they they kind of knew I wanted to get into coaching, and and if there was an opportunity, they would have uh, a spot for me. And uh, Coach Jeter created that when I was done playing overseas in Portugal. Um, I was the grad assistant there for two years. Uh, then I ended up going down to South Carolina that I worked for uh, Gary Edwards. Uh, who actually had Lamont Paris as an assistant before that compared me to him. Um, and we ended up working together two years later. Uh, the year in between there, I worked for Jeff Guard, came back as the video coordinator. Then I was back with Coach Jeter as an assistant at Milwaukee, Wright State for four years and or five years. And now I'm excited to be back here. What would you say your role will be with the team this season uh, in terms of, you know, how you coach, how you interact with players? 
what kind of flavor do you want to add to this group? Well, everybody who probably knows me or has met me at a certain point probably says I'm high energy. Um, I want to be with those guys. I want to be on the court. If if they're trying to, their skill development, I want to, I want to help, uh, help them be the best player they can be. Uh, But off the court, I want to know them. I want to know them as, as people. Uh, I want to be able to help mentor them, not only make them better players, but make them better husbands and servants in their community. Um, Make them better fathers, but help prepare them for when they're fathers. Um, and, and I think if I, if you, if you can know somebody off the court, then you can really help coach them on the court and get the most out of them, being able to stretch them and, uh, grow them to be the best they can be. So we're sitting here about 20 days out from the start of the season. What's the one thing that has you confident the team can be successful this year? And, and what's the one thing that might hold you guys back from that success? Ooh, that's, that's a great, that's a great question. The one thing I do know about this team is that they're hungry and they're competitive. Um, I, I know just going through the workouts all summer, these guys have competed at a high level, uh, through the first few weeks of practice. They've been, they've been great. Um, we are young. Um, so the, the guys don't have that experience that we need, but we do have a great leader in Brad Davison, uh, a guy that'll do anything, a guy that, uh, whose, whose work ethic is second to none. Um, he's done a great job just being uh, a leader, uh, just being able to talk the young guys through certain stuff. He's, he's in the gym. He, he goes through his routine. And if guys can uh, are trying to figure out how they can get better, they just need to watch Brad because Brad's definitely gotten better throughout. Um, he's been successful here in the league, and, and, and it's great to have him as a leader and to have him back for this year. I was talking to Greg uh a couple months ago and he had mentioned that he he joked he doesn't have a calendar to, to pull out to determine whether this is the youngest team he's ever had but certainly when you guys take the floor there's going to be plenty of players that fans might have to consult their rosters for just to to figure out who, who's there uh, from your perspective what young players have stood out to you in practice so far we've got we've got some great young players um so far in practice, I'd say probably Chucky Hepburn's kind of kind of stood uh, stood out a little bit. Um, definitely Matt Morse, uh, just the way that he plays the game. Him and Marcus Ilver both do a great job. Um, Chris Hodges is, is physical. He's, he's going to be good. It, it might take him a little bit, but he's going to be pretty good. Obviously, he took the year off uh, with his dad with health concerns and everything, but um, they'll be pretty good. Uh, Jacoby Neath, uh, we'll, we'll probably be uh, relying on him for a few minutes this year. Uh, having some experience at Wake Forest has definitely helped him. Uh, and then having a veteran, a new face in the veteran, and Chris Vogt uh, has been great too. Uh, Chris Vogt was the leading offensive rebounder in the American Conference, or one of them. And uh, he does a great job getting both hands on the ball and pulling it in on that offensive rebound and giving us second chances on the offensive uh, side of the ball. Uh, the red-white scrimmage, obviously, last Sunday – no Chucky Hepburn, no Lauren Bowman. I know they're out with injuries. Is there any concern in, in your mind that they're going to be ready to start the season or you think they'll be good to go? Uh, th- that's up to the medical professionals to decide. We can only coach the guys that, that are available. Um, but n- I know those guys are both really competitive and, and trying to get back as, as quickly as they can. And uh, we'll, we'll be excited to both have them back, have some more ball handlers on the floor. Sharif, what are your options at point guard as as you go into the season uh, do you look at it like uh, you know a freshman in chucky is capable of of handling that role is jacoby somebody who plays the one two or three H- how do you evaluate 
the options you have in the backcourt right now? Well, I, I think us as a staff sits down and uh, just tries to figure out how we can get by as far as the beginning of the year. If we don't have Lauren or we don't have Chucky out there, um, we got some guys that can handle the ball. Obviously, Brad's place the point. Um, we'd much rather have him on the wing. Um, we got a guy in uh, Tyler Wall who would definitely be a, a crazy mismatch up top, but he can he can go one through four. He, he needs to know all the positions. Um, he's definitely more like a Swiss Army knife. Um, Jacoby can handle it up because once you get the ball really across half court, uh, you just need to know when the shot clock gets down, are you ready to make sure everybody knows uh, what we're running and are we on the same page? But once you get across half court, you're a guard. You should be a player. Everybody should be the same uh, same position on the side on that side of the ball. So everybody should be looking to score. Everybody should be looking to make their teammates better. And and I think that's the mindset that we have going into the beginning of the year. We've we've been talking here for a few minutes, and I don't think we brought up uh, a guy that I think there's very huge expectations for, and that is uh, Johnny Davis. When you look at his game, where do you think he's taken a big step from last year, and where is he going to be at the end of this year? It feels like the the growth is coming in leaps and bounds, at least from you know the beginning of last year to now. Johnny came back from uh, from the gold medal games when they went and won the gold medal at the U19. He came back with a lot of confidence. Uh, I think that experience definitely helped him um, focus on his goal. Obviously, I think his goal is to be a, an NBA player. Um, but he, he's come back a lot more dominant. He's, 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 he's like kind of like Russell Westbrook, just no friends on the court. I mean, he, he's out there. He's, he's trying to take your head off. He's, he's going to play with a lot of aggression. Um, but we just need to hone it in. I think he still needs to sharpen up a few of his skills, and he'll say that too as far as probably ball handling, making sure he's shooting it at a high rate. Uh, but he's, he's a really gifted athlete. And uh, he's doing whatever it takes to, to be the best player he can be. And uh, we're confident that he'll definitely be able to help us and take a, a further step this year. You mentioned Chris Vogt and Tyler Wall. What about some of the other guys in the front court, uh, Stephen Crowell and Ben Carlson? What have you seen from those guys and who else do you think can help you up front? Stephen, Stephen Crowell is, is really, really skilled. Uh, I think since the beginning of the summer, he's already taken uh, major steps forward. Uh, he, he's done a great job with his physicality, rebounding. Uh, he's very receptive to coaching. Uh, he's, he's a big sponge and he wants to be, he's one of those guys that wants to make sure he's correct about everything. Um, I think he's going to have a huge year. Uh, it's, it's great to see Ben Carlson back healthy. Uh, obviously I wasn't here last year, but uh, knowing what he went through and, and to see him back out there and competing. Um, uh, I hope he's ready to go. Uh, we're going to be counting on him a lot this year. Uh, definitely his athletic ability uh, will definitely be able to help us there in the front court. Uh, excited about that. Uh, again, like I said, Matt Moores, Marcus Ilver, um, Tyler Wall, all, all are going to be able to help us in the front court. What kind of rotation? I mean, it's obviously it's still early, but all these names, uh, you can only play so many guys. What kind of rotation? And I know obviously it's going to be Greg's decision, but what kind of uh, rotation are you expecting? I mean, is it going to be eight? Going to be nine? Going to be more than that? Like, I, there's, it feels like there's just uh, a lot of different bodies there that, that could help you this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's the story still has time to be written. Uh, we haven't even scrimmaged our first opponent outside of ourselves. Um, we'll go into that, one of the scrimmages, close scrimmages this weekend, and uh, we're excited to see what we'll be able to get from it, what we'll be able to learn from it, and uh, 
the experience that guys will be able to gain. Do you think, do you think it'll change throughout the year or is it one of those where you'd like to lock it in and, and just be that for the entire season? I know obviously that was a, that was a big thing under Bo, you know, it was kind of locked in and it really didn't change a ton, but it, it feels like this with so many unproven guys and so much young talent that it, it could change throughout the season. I think it's always going to be based on uh, health and needs. I mean, it, certain matchups are probably going to – certain guys are going to play more if we play bigger teams. Is it probably a bigger front line with Chris Vogt out there, probably a few more minutes. Um, but at the at the end of the day, everybody it's, – it's on health. Like, if guy goes down, are other guys ready to step up? And um, and we go from there. But you can only, you can only play with the cards that you're dealt. What do you anticipate the identity of this team being? What, what, from what you've seen so far, what does it hang its hat on as you go into the season? I think our program has just hung our hat on consistency, and it, it, it starts on the defensive end. we got to be able to stop the, the other team from trying to get out in transition, from getting second-chance points. And on offense, we just got to take care of the ball so we can get shots. You know, us being one of the teams in the country that turned the ball over the least amount, we, we got to continue to hang our hat on that. As you mentioned, you weren't here last year, but the big offseason story was the uh, leak tape of the players in that meeting. You're going out on the road and recruiting now. Do you have to address that when you're talking with guys? Is that something that comes up? And is, do you have to smooth any any issues out there when you're on the, on the uh, road recruiting? I, I haven't had to as much because if you think about it, they, they say there was no communication with the coach. But coaches, some coaches wouldn't have been in that meeting if there was no communication. Coach Gar was in there pouring his heart out to those guys just as they were to him. And obviously it was edited or whatever it was. Whoever did it, hopefully they got what they needed out of it. But at the end of the day, for us, it doesn't mean anything because we have new guys in there. We're ready for a fresh start. We're excited about this season. And uh, our guys are hungry and ready to compete and stay together as a team. It's my last question. Uh, you guys were picked to finish 10th in the Big Ten this year. I can't remember the last time <laughs> it's been like that. Uh is there kind of an, any kind of an extra chip on guys' shoulders? Is that, is that type of stuff just uh, overrated? If, if preseason polls matter, we all would be fired. <laughs> I, I, think, I think that, you know, un, until there's competition to be had, you can't tell us who or what we are. If somebody labels you something and, and, and you haven't done it yet, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so yeah. We, we need to go out there and prove it. We, we, we know we got a young team, a, a, not a lot of experience, but we're going to go out there and compete. we got guys that are hungry and uh, guys that are ready to be a part of this team and, and lay whatever they can on the line for Wisconsin to be successful. Yeah, just under three weeks away from getting that season going. Sharif Chambliss, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, we appreciate Sharif Chambliss joining us here on The Swing. One question I wanted to ask you before we get into our Twitter questions to, to finish up the episode here. The question I asked him about going on the road and, and recruiting and having to deal with you know, the, the fallout from the recording of the team meeting, do you think that there is any kind of a, a cloud over the team because of that? Or do you think it's irrelevant at this point? Do you think it just doesn't matter and that they've moved on from it? Yeah, this is a good question. I, I had a chance to ask Greg and, and Brad and Johnny about that for a story that I wrote earlier this, uh, this offseason. And I think that I don't think it's completely irrelevant. I don't think you can entirely ignore it. Obviously, that recording was so explosive and it was edited and it was done in a way to try and uh, 
bring down the program, whoever did it. <laughs> um, and, but the other thing is, and this is something that Brad said, like he's the only guy player who was in that room who's still here. And so while those seniors obviously had issues with how they felt Greg communicated in the relationships they had and, and Brad, Brad expressed that as well. He, Brad talked about like, there's a locker room now where there's a renewed sense of energy. And, you know, I, I do think the thing that's interesting is, and Seth Davis, one of my colleagues um, at the athletic also wrote about this and he sat down uh, with Greg and, and asked him, you know, essentially whether, Greg felt he needed to to change or be different. And I think Greg said, no, um, you know, he's got a responsibility to the program. And Greg talked about like when guys are 18 to 22, they don't necessarily see the big picture and understand, understand how much he can help them later. And so I don't know how much that is going to impact Greg as a coach, but I also think Johnny talked about how he's seen Greg a little bit more like in the weight room in the off season. And, and he acknowledged that he felt like the team wasn't together and, it seems as though there are, there has been some progress made. I don't know exactly how that, you know, what that looks like, um, but I don't think you can completely ignore it. I also think this is mostly an entirely different team. Last year was a very stressful year for a number of different reasons. Um, obviously, with COVID and guys being more isolated, and the team wasn't performing well. So there, there are a lot of factors here. Um, that's sort of that's sort of my answer. There's no doubt it was a big offseason story, and there's also no doubt these guys are ready to move on. All right, let's get into some of our Twitter questions here. Uh, we'll start with Sean. He says, Davison, Davis, and Wall locks to start. Who do you think the other two starters are? Well, I'm going to go with Chucky Hepburn at the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... <sighs> <laughs> I don't, I, this is a really tough one. Chris vote. Um, I think <laughs> I, I'm going to go with Chris vote. I, I don't know. They, they can have any number of lineup combinations. Um, I think they need a big in there <laughs> with the lineup that I just said. Oh yeah. I mean, but is it going to so, be him? Is it going to be crawl? Is it going to be Carlson? Like, you know, they're going to make, they're going to, here's the thing. They're going to make Carlson like Carlson, I think believes himself to be like a three or four. Yeah. Um, but he's going to have to play the five at times, you know, where, where exactly does he fit in? And, you know, with, with Crowell, is he ready? Uh, I would assume he, I would assume he is, uh, or at least is, is going to get thrown to the fire and, and we'll see, but I don't know. We haven't seen these guys saw the red, white scrimmage. It wasn't overly impressive for any, you know, for anybody, uh, just just for the reasons that it was n- not a true game, they had the water on the court. Like it just it, it just wasn't ideal. We'll, we'll probably we won't get to see the close scrimmage at UW Whitewater this this weekend, but uh, I think we'll get a little bit better feel uh, coming out of that where it is. And then obviously when they when they play uh, Whitewater in their exhibition game, we'll get a, a real look at it. But <laughs> do you think it's between Vote and, and um, Crawl? I think, think so. This is Carlson. such a hard, this is a hard question to answer mostly because even when we do see them like right now, and it's, it's very early, there are some open practices coming up. It's not like you're at the point in the season where, okay, here's the starters. Here's the top eight. Here's the scout team. Like it's a, it's mixed and matched like the red and white scrimmages every year. So of all the years, this is the one where I have the least idea of what the rotation 
No, I think I, I have an idea of who you, the top eight or 10 could be, but like who's going to start? I, I don't know. I, because the other thing is, Chris, he had offseason surgery. I mean, he was dealing with an injury and he couldn't get, uh, I think it was a shoulder. He couldn't get surgery uh, his junior year because of COVID. They weren't doing elective surgeries. So he played last season at Cincinnati with the injury and then didn't get surgery until the offseason. I think he wasn't really even starting to get back into the full swing or fully cleared until the end of summer workouts. So I also think that's a caveat <laughs> with this as is how much has he developed? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I right. wish I could give you the top five. Well, and here's the thing. Now we'll go, we'll go with this one from Connor. He says early predictions for the uh, potential rotation. Do nine to 10 guys see the floor at the beginning of the season? I think so. Um, obviously I'm not Greg, but I don't know. I, I don't know how you could play fewer than that when you've got this many guys that you're trying to figure it out. So, all right. So the ones that we mentioned, you got Chucky, uh, Brad, Tyler, Johnny. So that's four. Yep. Chris Vote five. Ben Carlson, six. Stephen Crowell, seven. Jacoby Neath, eight. And then, you know, one of these freshmen, like this is Matthew Moores and Marcus Silver. Are they both in there? Is Lauren Bowman? your backup. Uh, I mean, I can see 10 guys uh, and, and obviously you whittle it down as the season goes, but yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, kinda, like it's, it's not going to be 10, nine to 10 guys throughout the year. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so, but I think certainly to start with a team like this, I think I named, I think in that list, I named 11 guys. Um, I don't think all 11 are going to be part of the regular rotation, but I think early it's, it's, it wouldn't shock me to see some of those guys get minutes just so the staff can figure out how they fit the pieces together. And maybe they'll have a better sense, obviously, from seeing these guys in practice every day. But that's different uh, when you go into to competition. Over, under, seven and a half for a leading rebounder on the team. Oof. Uh, seven and a half rebounds a game? Yep. Mm. I feel like I need to look up the stats here. <laughs> uh, well, Michael Potter led them last year with 5.9. Okay. He also split time with, with Nate. I'm going to go under. Okay. Do you see what Mike is doing? Mike has had quite the preseason. Yeah, uh, he has. He did yeah. have quite the preseason, I should say. I feel like when fans see that, they get super frustrated. It's oh, like, man. Sure. Oh, for sure. Why, couldn't he have done this here? Why didn't he get that opportunity? Uh, it's always different in the NBA, though. It's a different game. It's a quicker shot clock. It's, you know, it's just, it is, it is eye-opening, though. I, 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 he's definitely surprised me with how well he's performed. So, you, so you're going to take the under. Who is the leading rebounder, then? Hmm. Another great question, Zach. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm going to go with vote. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to. I mean, I that would make sense. He's the veteran. He's the guy that's been through this. So if you're going to make, if you're going to uh, pick a guy, that probably is the one that makes sense. But I feel like fans are probably going to hope it's like Crowell or Carlson or somebody or one of the young guys. Like uh, your transfer coming in here and and being the guy when you have uh, these other young guys that you really want them to play and really want them to show out again. Well, again, no, that's. I'm talking from like a fan's perspective. We don't want to see the the sixth the sixth year or the, I should say the fifth year senior from Cincinnati coming in here and playing a ton of minutes. They want to see Crowell. They want to see Carlson. They want to see Ilver. They want to see the young guys in there and playing. But 
Wisconsin's trying to win games this year. And if uh, Chris Vogt is the one that gives them more time than the other guys or gives them more of a chance, then that's, that's what it's going to be. Well, here's the thing. When two seasons ago, when Chris was probably had his best season, he averaged 5.9 rebounds a game. He averaged 11 points a game and he started 29 and 30 games for Cincinnati. I don't think last year, much like Jacoby is an indication of what he can be because he was dealing with that injury the whole year. But like, that's a pretty good season. I think if they get, if they get that out of him, that's probably more than they would have hoped for, but that that's the year where he averaged six. So, um, well, I don't know that he's going to get to seven and a half. If, if he can do that again or something similar, that'd be pretty big for Wisconsin. Beers and Taco asks, are, is Wisconsin going to win 10 games this year? Great name. Uh, yes. <laughs> so he's, he, he, they've also got the, the change here at the top. It's uh, Wisconsin will win the Big Ten West. That's the, that's the current screen name as opposed to the, <laughs> I the name of, uh, Very confident. of the account. Yes. Um, yeah. I think so. 10? What do what do they play? Uh 30 games? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, that'd be, I don't that'd think be it's a 10 and 20 point, team. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you look at the schedule. There's some challenges, especially early on, wouldn't you say? I mean, you get Oh yeah. Uh, obviously St. Francis and Green Bay uh, should be wins, but then you play Providence uh in the uh, Gavitt tip-off games. Then you go to Las Vegas for the uh, Maui Invitational, where you could play some really good teams. You know, at Georgia Tech in the ACC Big Ten tournament, or excuse me, ACC Big Ten uh, Challenge, and then it's Marquette, and then you dive right in against Indiana and Ohio State and Big Ten action. So, like, they're of the schedule. You know, I mean, it's not a, you're playing a lot of Power Five teams in there, Power Six, I guess, in college basketball. That's not going to be an easy thing to do for for a young team like this. And we, we saw the start that they got off to. What year was that? Brad's freshman year when they were playing some really tough teams early on and it, it kind of snowballed and they were just, they were never able to get anything going. Then they lost those guys to injuries. So obviously there was extenuating circumstances that year, but this, uh, the schedule, not exactly easing in, you know what I mean? Like you would hope like you'd play St. Francis, Green Bay, then you would get Nichols, Morgan State and Illinois State. Instead, you're playing those guys, those games right before Big Ten play ramps back up. Yeah, the Big Ten is always tough. And you look at <laughs> the teams on the schedule, Ohio State's ranked 17, Purdue's 7, Maryland's 21, um, Illinois's 11, like Michigan's 6. Uh, it's not going to be easy, but I think they'll be able to get to 10 wins. And as cliche as it sounds, this is exactly the type of team that you would expect to get better over the course of the season. And I know you can say that about the other teams as well, but I think they've got enough talent there Um to maybe be in some games that you wouldn't expect. And I'm not saying they're going to go to the NCAA tournament, but I think they'll be better than 10 and 20 or whatever it winds up being. All right. Putting you on a spot right now. Are they going to the NCAA tournament? I'm going to say no. Um, we can rewind this clip in March, but I mean, you laid out that the, the schedule is difficult. The team is so young. So for me, the answer is no, but I also think that this is, a good year for a lot of these guys to get that experience. And maybe in two years, we look at it and say, yeah, that was a tough year, but look how much better they are now. It will be an interesting team to watch and an interesting team to follow. And um, I, I feel like expectations shouldn't be that high, but again, this is Wisconsin and, and what they've done over the last 20 years kind of change. I'm mean, 20 years, the last 25 years, kind of changes everyone's perspective. And if it's not an NCAA tournament team, then it's a failure. And um, there's a chance for failure this year. But again, that's why you play the games. And we'll see what Wisconsin looks like 
uh, for the first time uh, against another team when they play UW-Whitewater, and then they open the season again 20 days from now as we're recording this. They play St. Francis at home at the Cole Center. So we'll see how it plays out. We'll be back uh, as we get closer to the season and um, and uh, be doing episodes throughout the entire year. Until then, you've been listening to The Swing here on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.